in Kai and Beaky, Coe and Merch, on the tractor, off to church, the locals tuned to make it. Have you been back to China? We did go back last year and we were quite amazed at the changes that had taken place there in terms of the new leader and the patriotism and the suspicion of Westerners, I guess, that we saw a lot more than when we lived there. We certainly enjoyed going back and seeing some old friends and some old haunts. I remember. Yeah, what was the name of your book, Claire? It was China Moment, was it? Yes, that's right, yeah. Was that Shanghai? Yeah, we were in, in Beijing. We were in the Hutong there and we had a little bike man that lives just around the corner and used to shift his sort of shanty every day to try to escape or to try to, you know, not get taken away because he didn't have his permit to live there. And then in Shanghai, we also lived amongst the people. But we we went back last year when we were there and went and saw our old neighbours and and had a chat with them and they remembered us and how they thought we ate their cats one night and... (laughs) We had a good old laugh and it was really good to see them. They you ate their cats. Go yeah, we, well, they used to sit on our roof and make a racket and then they just disappeared one night. But anyway, and we'd happened to be away that weekend, so they thought we'd taken them with us and got rid of them. But great, simple people around where we live. Seeing how things had changed, is a much greater military presence up there now than when we lived there. Yeah, a lot of heavy propaganda and just around Tiananmen Square, the security was, you know, unrecognisable from when we lived there. In the Cessna or the Fokker, awaiting for the Walker Walker. You're all clear for takeoff on a Sunday morning. My week lifts off with Maca on a Sunday morning. Good morning, welcome to the program. That was the lovely Claire last week. We were talking about, well, we were talking about the weather and how cold it had been out where she is, uh, minuses, troughs frozen. Um, but she'd been living in China. You remember, she was our China correspondent for a while when she was living over there, 2006 and seven. And I can't believe it was that far, that long ago. It seems like yesterday. But um, yes, China, uh, I don't know. These, the elephant in the room, as they say, it's, am- it's amazing. They are, I think the problem for China is that so many people, they've got to feed so many people and thereby hangs a tail. But it's interesting, isn't it, to get a perspective of someone who's lived there and talked with the locals and then goes back and then goes back and sees the change, the change in the propaganda and the military presence building up, building up, building up, and you can see what's happening around the world. All very interesting. Um, Last week we spoke about flu vaccines to Dr Robert Clancy and we had phone calls about it. Terry says... Listening this morning, flu vaccinations are affordable. Over 65, you get them for free. People at risk, hearts, diabetics, etc. Um, children, six months to five year, years free. The cost of flu vaccines are affordable. A couple of coffees, a pack of cigarettes or a couple of beers or wines, less one a week. Uh, a health clinic in Wangaratta went from 900 vaccines last year to 3,000 this year. This was published in the local paper two years ago. Thank you, Terry. Um, I was uh, <coughs> interesting. I didn't ask Professor Robin. He probably wouldn't know what the take-up of flu vaccine. Have you had flu vaccine, John? Yeah, John's had it. You had it, Kel? Have you had the flu vaccine? No. So that's uh, 50%. Maybe. I don't know. what. <laughs> we were talking about spuds last week and this week. How are you this morning? 1300 700 222. That's the number. Give us a ring of rumour. John says, Macca, there's no more... Because I mentioned Kenny Beck's. And Sebagos. My grandpa used to grow Sebagos. Both my grandpas. I was lucky to have grandpas. Um, but they were both 
growing spuds in the backyard because that's what you did because you couldn't afford anything. Nobody had any money. But John says, where's John from? Doesn't say. John says, Macca, there's no more Kenny Becks or Sebago spuds. There's only baking, roasting, low-carb, red or mashing. That's what you see when you go and in the supermarket, the spuds doesn't say, oh, here's a load of Kenny Becks or here's a... No, it's uh, baking, roasting, uh, low-carb, reds or mashings. Something's lost and something's gained in living every day. This is from Edith. Edith's getting on. Edith's 87. She belongs to the Daniloquin Creative Writers. But she says, and I know this because my sister goes on about this all the time, She's got a little poem. Trying to get a message across has become a trial and to find a polite program on TV, you first you need to twist the dial. When you're up Ship Creek, I don't find that amusing. Believe me, it isn't where you'd find me cruising or buying KFC in a bucket and having children say it and I wouldn't go to BCF, an outdoor store. I would cross the street and never enter their door. Call me a prude, but I have come to the conclusion such vulgarity in my house is a disgusting intrusion. I agree with you, um, but there's no... It's art for art's sake and money for Christ's sake, as my dad used to say about lots of things, but it's all about money. People, the standards and manners had gone out the window, and it applies particularly to television stations because they think that uh, that's funny and lots of people think it's cool to swear and be horrible, and it just ain't. It just ain't. Um, yeah, no more Kenny Becks or Sebagos. Um Malcolm says, this is interesting, Malcolm, wonder how busy the traffic will be on the Humpback Highway today. Did you know that, Kel? Today, that's the whales. Today is whale census day on the East Coast. So they're counting whales. Thank you, Malcolm. Malcolm may be out there doing that. They're wonderful things, I don't know, because they're so big and slow and whatever. Uh, and speaking of which, Matthew Craven, who's our trotting correspondent from time to time, the big uh, trotting meeting today at um, at Menangle in New South Wales and next Friday and Saturday at Tabcourt in Mel- Melton, the same thing. A lot of Group 1's on. Uh, I think the Len Smith Miles on today. Um, Matthew's a... Uh, Trotting driver, trainer, he's got some horses up and, yeah, it'll be a big day out at Menangle today and a big week uh, next Friday and Saturday at Tabcourt, Melton in Melbourne. I used to go to the trots a lot, haven't been for ages, but used to go Friday night because it was Friday, we'd finish work, I wouldn't finish work, often we'd work late because we work, I work a bit late at nights because you can get into studios and it's a bit clearer and uh, I'd say let's go to the trots because it's just down the road here, but now, gee, we miss that. We just miss it. Uh, thirteen hundred seven hundred triple two. Oh, Kevin Butler's online. Good morning, Kevin. Oh, good morning, Macca. How are you? Good. What's happening with the Blazeaid family? Oh, yeah, no, really good. We've um, we had eight bases. Now we're down to three. So five bases have wound up over the last month or so because they mm. finished their work. But we're still going at Bunyip and uh, in Victoria, um, strong down there, and in Braille in New South Wales. Um, that's going hammer and tong. And, of course, northwest Queensland with lots... I know you put the call out many times if the people go heading north to the warmer climes could drop in and give a hand. Well, going extremely well. I think we've got Where's, about where's 50, that at? Is that Julia that's Creek? That's Cloncurry. Oh, yeah, the Cloncurry, Julia Creek, Winton. Uh, although Winton's winding up um, in the next few days. Um, 
They've done enormous work there. And, of course, Richmond um, wound up there about a, a month ago. Julia Creek wound up about two weeks ago. And you, the Cloncurry is still going strong. You need uh, you need some rail line. Is that the story? What's Yeah. Look, Maka, uh, time and time and time again, the, the graziers up there are calling out for core drill rod and a rail line. Um, and the reason I wanted it is to help. Um, well, they think the, um, the posts in um, around about two metres deep um, because a lot of their country is black soil country and they've got to drive it a long way. And it, steel, of course, is not eaten by um, by termites and so on, doesn't rot. So we can get 50 to, to 100 years out of those um, to call drill rod from the mines and the gas companies. But our challenge is for, for someone to put up their hand who is in the inner circle um, with, um, you know, uh, mining companies or... Um, the, the gas companies or the railway, um, the rail companies, particularly in Queensland and New South Wales, because Blazeaid will pay for the transport of all that cordial rod and the rail line to go into these centres like Cloncurry for the graziers. Um, it's just so important for them to get this material. Now, we know it's lying on the sides of railway lines, just, you know, rusting away and, and other places. Um, and the core drilling rod, they only use it a few times and then it's just put aside. Mm. Um, but it, it is highly sought after. They'd almost fight over it, Macca. Mm-hmm. So that, that's... And, and that's so this is rail, rail line and core drill rod um, and you'll correct. pay for the tr- transport of it we'll, too? We'll pay for it. Yeah, the, the beauty about the rail line in Queensland, New South Wales, it is lighter and the graziers can actually almost lift it themselves. It's sort of about 60 kilos to the metre. Um, whereas the, the WRA stuff is extremely heavy. It's about 110 kilos and very hard to sort of move around. And that's because um, and that's it, they carry the local. big heavy uh, loads, don't they, I suppose? That's what it is. Got, yeah, yeah mm. that's what it is. Yeah. So, look, there'll be someone there who knows, uh, who has a contact, family or friend in Queensland Rail or New South Wales Rail or a mining company and should be able to put me into contact with um, one of the powers that be inside um, these companies or, um, you know, government bodies and say, look, this is how you get it. Uh-huh. So um, it's almost over the line, but I, I do need that extra help and push because it means so much to those graziers. The thing about graziers is they, they look, they're very proud people, they're very hardworking, that they really want the hand up, not not the hand out, and this just means so much to them. But I just... I'm, Go on. Go on, Matt. No, you're right. You're right. Oh, I just heard a story the other day. I, I felt quite concerned for the graziers because they are, you know, it's very nice for the federal government to offer loans, but for every, um, it's, it's a dollar for dollar. So the way it goes is that if you're already 500000 or a million or $3 million in debt and you've got to restock your property and buy another, you know, buy a million dollars worth of cattle or whatever, You've got to come up with the first million dollars before the government gives you a loan for the other million dollars. Now, there are many farming you know, graziers who are absolutely cash-strapped, and we know this because we're on the ground. We, we know how, how mm. tough it is for many of them. So, I mean, the federal government is able to get loans at very, very low interest rates um, you know the other parts of it paying the interest well, off only. There's no interest rates now. I mean, look at the uh, 
I don't know what they're yeah. going to do, you know, about, I, I, about interest rates. But you know, when you t- get a loan, I suppose they're high. But if you put your money in the bank, you're not getting anything, really. You're out for oh, you're not getting anything. That's right, yeah. And, Maka, look, the, the, the thing about it is the government would not lose money um, by, uh, you know, giving very low interest loans so they can restock up again. Um, but just sometimes they just make it so hard for uh, for graces to get back on their feet again. So... I think that's got to be looked into. Kevin, uh, uh, I just want to mention this to you. Um, in uh, two or three weeks, we're going to Coonabarabran Town Hall and I'm, we're doing a dance. I'm taking my band up and we're playing for uh, just uh, uh, people can come along. It's a free dance and um, we're doing a dance. And I think it's sort of important. Um, and I was looking at your Blaze Aid camps and I was wondering maybe uh, we should go to Bunyip and Inverell and, and later in maybe August we'll go up to North Queensland and do the same thing. I'll try and get my band all the way up there. But um, we're just going to have a dance um, and try and raise spirits. Oh, and, and, and just So I just thought maybe we could go down to Bunyip and Inverell and, um, and do the same thing and, uh, or up to Inverell and down to Bunyip or whatever. Um, but I just wanted wanted to run that by and see if uh, you think that's um, a go. Oh, Macca, I know as fact that does the most for the local um, community. It's it's the lifting of the spirits. Um, it, it's the coming together of minds, um, the opportunity to talk and have a laugh and forget about life for a while. Um, you know, the thing that saves what I notice is what saves lives in this. In these rural areas, and particularly north, you know, New South Wales, which is going through this most dreadful drought, and continuing on, is that the, the way we can save save families and lives and people is try and get them together and laughing and talking as much as property I as, think as, as we can. I think and it's important. This would be a tremendous lift, Macca. Well, um, I'll, I'll keep so in yeah. t- I'll keep in touch with you. We're going to Coonabarra Brown to the town hall on Friday, the twenty sixth, I think it is, whatever. Um, and I just think it's yeah. nice to have a dance. Uh, I enjoy playing for people who are dancing around and if people want to get dressed up and uh, that'll be nice and we'll have prizes for the best dancer and people can just talk and muck around and yeah it'll be it'll yeah. be nice so um and I I think that the people who are helping you um help others um deserve a bit of a dance too and I don't know it'll be a Friday night or a Thursday night whatever when I can get the boys together but um well Coonabarabran is extremely well placed because um We've done a lot of work in that area after the Warren Bungles yeah, fire. Yeah, and we and, we meant and, to go there um, when the mm. when you were doing the work there, but we didn't get there, so we're going now, and and hopefully yeah. they come from right across uh, that area. They might even they come will. from Canada. They will. It's a, it's a fabulous place to make a start for that. So that'll be great, Maker. All yeah, right, we'll so keep in touch, you. Kevin. Um, and uh, people can ring uh, go to blazehead dot com or oh four one eight. What's the rest of it? Yeah, five three zero four seven one. But certainly, look an email um, to uh, com. The email address is there. Flick us an email, and we'll go from there. Um, or give me a call or admin at um you, You'll find us by just googling any of those. Yeah, good, good and, on you, uh, Kev. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Mac. For your so, wonderful support. Thanks, Thank mate. Bye. Bye. I was in Parramatta the other day, walked past a couple of blokes and I heard them mentioning Shepparton and I spoke to them and this is the result. I'm at Parramatta but I've got a couple of boys from Shepparton. It's John... Yeah, John Griffin. And... Craig Exton. What are you doing in the big smoke, Craig? Just here for a conference for a couple of days, revitalising town and city centres. And is that a... Is that a pro- you're from Shep? Yeah, yeah. So is that a problem in Shep? It's a problem in lots of places, isn't it? It is. It's something that's been a focus in Shep for a while so we're trying to educate ourselves about what we might do to make things better. And John, is that because big supermarkets 
build malls somewhere out of town or a little way out of town and the strip shopping suffers? Yeah, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. And uh, also um, with the demographics of the city growing and reaching uh, capacity, I suppose, and the development sort of spreading out, uh, things get drawn out of the city centre. And we want to try and uh, look at ideas to try and get it back. And I mean, Craig and I work in a different area to uh, uh, our department with the uh, council, but we have a bit of a, an interest and a passion for that type of thing and try and reinvigorate the CBD. Yeah. yeah, and it's a problem everywhere, isn't it? I mean, Townsville's had the same problem, I know, and all of a sudden you, your CBD's gone to Gowings, yeah. as I used to say. Yeah. We've met people from um, Perth and New Zealand and Tasmania, you know, so uh, a lot of people here today for the two day conference, yeah. And sharing ideas, I suppose. Yeah, looking at uh, there's a very common th- uh, thread through all this. Yeah, walkability and car parking and uh, yeah, transport and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, a lot of different ideas and yeah, thought bubbles, I guess, coming out of it. Yeah. So Craig, what's your background? What do you do? I'm an engineer. What sort of engineer? Civil? Or? <laughs> yes, civil. civil. Well, they haven't, apparently here in Sydney they're having some troubles with buildings and the sinking they and stuff. So maybe. They do. <laughs> they do. Fortunately, we don't have that problem in Shepparton yet. So. Oh, well, stick around. It'll <laughs> it's a fairly serious problem, isn't it? Got to make sure you get things right. Yeah, we'll come back to get you. I haven't been to Shep for a little while. Is Shep like lots of other regional centres, lots of high-rise, lots of building, or what's happening in Shep? And we've actually picked up a couple of five-storey buildings in the last 18 months, so changing. Mm. But yeah, definitely not a high-rise town yet, though. And John, what's your background? Well, I'm a long-term resident of uh, Shepparton. My parents emigrated as uh, 10-pound palms, so basically grown up. I uh, tried to leave a few times, but end up back there, and yeah, it's my home. For those people who don't know, it's pears and all sorts of things, nectarines and plums and cherries and yep. apples, the whole thing, isn't it? Yes, uh, it's known as the food bowl of the country Victoria. A lot of dairy, yeah, a lot of fruit. Um, yeah, things are changing slightly, but uh, sort of that's the mainstay you know, with SPC and, and um, other organisations like that in the town. Is there any panacea to the demise of, uh, say, strip shopping in the, the centre of town? Well, what we're finding out over the last couple of days here is that it isn't the fact that people or shops are closing down because of you know, big supermarket chains or big like your Chadstons and all that sort of stuff and we get it on a, you know, that micro level in regional Victoria it isn't necessarily that there are other things that are coming now and they were talking today about internet shopping yeah you know, and that's killed the you know, the small shops but it, that's been happening well before the internet came up so it's just a matter of trying to talk to the locals you know, get down uh, in amongst the people and see what um, and the youth as well you know the young people to see what uh, what brings them back in and it's social activities now and entertainment is, is the growth of, in a CBD. It's not just um, yeah, retail shopping. Because it is important. I mean, that's what really shopping is all about, isn't it? It's about the community and it's about talking to one another. And if you don't have a centre where people can get together and this is our town and all that sort of... Whether you're in the suburbs or if you're in Shepparton or if you're in a smaller town like Blaney or something. I mean, they're really important things, aren't they? You, you need that um, vibrancy and that sense of community in the CBD. Uh, and you need sustainable that activation, if you like, sustainable activation to get people coming in. They need to be able to get there, all ages, you know, uh, from you know, young kids to, uh, to the elderly, need to be able to get in there and make use of it and get that sense of community, sense of place. And SPC still going strong and it's still surviving, isn't it? Yeah, it just changed hands a few weeks ago. So no, hoping to go to bigger and better things, they tell us. So fingers crossed. <laughs> exactly. Be a bit warmer here than Shep. Shep's a bit cool, is it, at the moment? I just spoke to my wife uh, 10, 15 minutes ago and it's freezing in Shep at the moment. It's been minus two and minus three in the mornings. Um, yeah, and the, uh, the heat is not working very well at home. <laughs> So uh, Craig can attest to that. His heater wasn't working the other day. So, yeah, a little bit nicer here, a little bit more mild. Well, they say that a good cold winter is great for the stone fruit, so maybe it's going to be a good season for stone fruit. Good on you, Craig. Nice to meet you. you. John, good on you. Thank you. All right, thanks, Ian. Maka, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. It's Craig from the Woolloomba, or a little place called Early Up, just outside of Woolloomba. Early Up? Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. What are you What are you doing, Greg? Uh, it's me and Charmaine, and we work partner here. We're picking up passion fruits this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do it most days. Hasn't done much this week in the wet weather, but uh, it's about twenty five here today. Just starting to warm up. And so, are they on vines or growing on the ground or what? Yeah, yeah, all growing on vines. Normally, pick them off the ground. Yeah. Uh, some people pick them up by hand. Other people have got like a little litter stick that we pick them up with. Right, they've fallen off the vines, have they? Is that when you pick? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. Mwilumbar is a bit of a capital for passion fruits, is it? Yeah, well, this was a passion fruit capital of Australia. I don't know if the Bundaberg's catching up with us now, but uh, it has been. Yeah, more passion fruits grown here mainly than anywhere else, being subtropical. Uh huh. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, how long you been doing this, Greg? Oh, I worked with another fella for about four or five years doing it, and then went and did a bit, bit of hospital work, and now I'm back out and uh, up at early, up picking up again for about the last year. And what's that like? Is it tough work? Ah, oh, no, not really. You got to have a good back, I suppose. Ah, uh, if you pick up by hand, your back's got to be a little bit better than if you've got a uh, a litter stick, you know. Mm-hmm. A little bit easier working for this boss than the previous boss. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the main thing. Yeah. As long as uh, you're enjoying it and he's enjoying it or she's enjoying it, that's the that's the main thing, isn't it? Yep, yep. We've got the foreman and his wife down there doing the packing at the moment, just getting ready to take the, take the boxes into the freight company. So how many passion fruits would you pick up in a day, Greg? Do you know? Uh, well, it all depends how many... Um, you know, they drop different um, different amounts, different days. But yeah. uh, so there's about 150 in a bucket, and uh, you get about three buckets to a bag. And some days we might get you know 30, 40 bags, and other days it might only be 10 or 12. Wow! And they're yeah. the they're the passion fruits we mostly find in in the uh, supermarkets and and fruit shops. Yep. Yep, that'll be them. Thanks for coming out of Moolumbah. There you go. The, the passion fruit capital of Australia. Yeah, I think Bundy wants to take it over, but I don't know. They grow a different variety up there. Do they? Which ones yeah. do you grow? The big, there's a big big one and there's a smaller one. Yeah, yeah. We mainly grow the sweethearts here, and then the bigger ones are called Panamas. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. But, um, all sweethearts are now grafted onto Panama stock. Aren't passion passion fruits? When I cut a passion, it's a, just a lovely smell, isn't it? Beautiful. I just love passion fruits. They're just they're a delight, Greg. So next time I eat a passion fruit, I'll think of you, mate, because it's probably one you've picked. Ah, yeah. Well, either that or one of me, or me boss, or me workers. Yeah, or, yeah. or, or Charmaine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Charmaine. She got. She goes well. All right. Well, good on you, Greg. Nice to talk to you, mate. Okay, thanks, Mac. I thought I'd just let you know what happens up here at Mwollumbah. Early up, actually. Early up. It's a great name. Early up. That's what we it all is. should be. We should all be early up, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Just well, like me boss. Well, Major, <laughs> it's interesting. I, I think of you and me mate, Roger. Uh, Major Roger, he's just a mate I just met 10 minutes ago. He's in Kabul in Afghanistan and he's listening. And he'll be listening to you, Greg. So there you go. Okay, I've already had three today, but I won't tell the foreman. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Nice to talk to you. G'day, this is Macca. Hello, Macca. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. I was just phoning uh, in from uh, Kabul in Afghanistan and uh, just wanted to say that we love your program. Um, we try to get on and listen when we can. 
where we can. And uh, it's only just gone 350 here at the moment, but there's a few birds out making a bit of noise, and it kind of sounds like home. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> funny, funny as that is, is that some of these birds do actually sound like you're at home, and it's moments like that. But I was just saying to your producer off air that we started listening to you, uh, well, I started listening to you, sorry, and a few of the other boys. We were surf lifesavers in New South Wales, and uh, you'd go for a paddle, on the surf skis early in the morning before it comes up, we'd come back and there's blokes in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and we're all sitting there sunbaking on the uh, on the shed uh, driveway afterwards, and we'd listen to Mac while we had a barbecue. So oh, that's dear. where it started all those years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're in Kabul. Uh, your name is? Uh, yeah, Roger. Roger. And... Yeah, uh, been here for six months, and we've got another eight months to go. But uh, we're, we're helping tidy up a mess, of, you know, mm. the way things go. But uh, the people over here are happy to have us here. Uh, they're, 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 just, they're just the most congenial, hospitable people that you could imagine. Um, yeah, it's really hard to explain unless you're kind of in that position where you come to a place and you stir the pot a little bit and then expect them to still turn around and want to be mates with you. But... It's really funny. They, they seem to have adopted our g'day, how you going? <laughs> and they love it. <laughs> well, well, I think we all love it, uh, Roger. It's it's just, um, I don't know what it is. It's something, um, it, it's a, the way we've evolved, I suppose, as Australians. Yeah. Um, because we're a bit far away from everybody else. And, um, yep. We're all all the same, and uh, we well we feel we're all the same. Um, whether you live in Queensland or New South Wales or Western Australia, I, I reckon we're all Aussie. I'm an Aussie. I'm not a New South Welshman or a Queenslander. I'm a I'm an Aussie, and I think oh that's that's really nice. I think, mate. I've I've, I've lived in just about every state that there is in this country over at some point. But uh, yeah, but like you said, the thing is, we're, we're, no matter where I go around the world, and especially especially vocationally. And you're meeting people. As soon as they know you're Aussie, they say g'day, mate, in their own little way. And <laughs> it makes it sound like we, uh, uh, one of them was video recording us the other day and we didn't know. And we didn't realise how much we actually probably sound like an Aussie bogan when we say g'day <laughs> compared to their versions. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, we just thought we'd call in and say hello and we just wanted to say we love your show. Well, thank and, you. Uh, Roger, Roger what's, your, what's your role there? What do you do? Uh, well, I'm part of the uh, mentoring task force over here where we're just uh, helping retrain some of the uh, Afghan nationals uh, to just be a little bit more proficient doing what they're doing. Um, I've got, uh, sorry, I've got the rank of major and I've been, that was, I was lucky enough to get promoted after a last appointment here, so they must have thought I did an all right job. So, well, isn't that- to be back here with them. That's great, and and look, I was just talking to that bloke who's going. They're going off to Timor, and and it's amazing how we forget about things because the hurly burly of the news cycle, and oh, there's another story here, and off we're here, and we, you forget about <laughs> East Timor was all a, all a rage, if you, if I can put it that way, about 15 years ago yeah. when, and and the same with Afghanistan, but we just forget about that, and yet a couple of years ago, might have been two or three years ago, I had two or three calls from young blokes who were in uh, Afghanistan and uh, oh wonderful course and they they had one of them had the same reaction as you he said 
I'm going to be really sad because I've made so many good friends over here amongst the people here in Afghanistan. And I suppose that's the good and the bad, isn't it? You you can go over there and, and have an experience that nobody else in the world can have when you, when you meet uh, those lovely people. And then you're ripped up from that and away you go and you probably never see them again. But the thing is, the experience that you have, nobody can take that away from you. Yeah. That's what the most important thing is, is that they say that a lot of people that serve in different places won't go back to that place afterwards yep. because of the memories there, but I can tell you what, I'll, I'll be back here for sure. <laughs> Absolutely for sure. Probably a bit crazy, but I'll still come back and be a tourist, but then that'll be 20 years down the track or something. Well, but, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, anyway. I'm glad you Thank rang, you very Major, much. Major Roger. I'm glad you rang because you put yourself in the minds of all Australians around, around Australia. We've got a couple of million people listening in this morning and, and they'll be thinking of you and, uh, yeah, just admiring the work you do. Good on you. It's nice to think of that. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Um, and yeah, we love your program. So just, just keep doing what you're doing okay. and, and we'll keep listening. Good on you. Thanks, Major Roger. Okay. Thank you very much. See you, mate. See you, Marker. Bye. Fitzy. Is this Fitzy? Macca. Is this the Fitzy that I met in Ballarat all those years ago? <laughs> it is Macca. It's lovely to hear your voice. Yeah, how are you, Fitzy? <laughs> good, where, good are, where, where are you? You're in Derrinellum. Yeah, well, we, I'm in Derrinellum. That's my home, my family farm where I was born and raised, Macca. My, my father was a soldier settler. Uh-huh. He was in the Royal Australian Air Force and he got a block on a on a old property called Stonehenge. Yeah. And that's where my family is to this day. And uh, my two boys are farming with my wife, Loretta. And uh, and they love what they're doing. So I had, I was in Ballarat, Mac, and we still have our home in Ballarat, as well as the home just south of Mount Elephant in Derrynellum. But obviously, I was in Ballarat because of my full time role coaching in footy. Oh, that's and, right. You're still coaching the um, what are they? The North Ballarat the, was it all? Yeah, no. Sadly, North Ballarat are no longer in the VFL, Mac, and it's real a real shame because it was a a great link between particularly regional country Victoria and the. Uh, and the Melbourne Metropolitan Competition as a uh, Victorian football league. And so what, what happened? Fitzy, is it just because not enough? Because there's a team in Ballarat, I, I assume. Ballarat team in the in the comp is there. Well, there was a local team at North Ballarat always, yeah, and that was looked after the you know the pathway of the local players or the local community football people, as you would know. Mm. Um, but the VFL team was the state league team, and we had this fantastic connection to North Melbourne in the uh, in the AFL. Uh, in a very successful era, as you know, and I suppose it, it was just the, either the, the challenges or the loss of the appetite or whatever, but the, the club decided to not continue on and, and uh-huh. then was not able to continue on. And sad because it was a, a fantastic team. But you and I remember having a chat there that cold, wintry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we always call it Wendory, and the locals say, the next time you're talking to Macca, tell him it's Wendory. <laughs> Wendory, Wendory, Lake yeah. Wendory. And when we were there, or the. The week before we were there, there was a bushfire in the lake, I think. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, then, and no one will believe us, will they? <laughs> no. And then we got there, it was drizzling and it was starting drizzling. to fill up. And there was a few ducks wandered in, yeah. Yeah, so, drizzling was very kind. It was, the it? Coldest, it was the coldest. Out, we've done a few cold outside broadcasts. It wasn't as cold probably as June. It was minus four and somewhere mm, else was... Mm, mm. Or Musselbrook, that was minus four too. But, yeah... Uh, Ballarat so Derrin- that morning was pretty willing. Was, uh, was, was horrible. Fresh. Yeah, but there in Alum overnight, we've had uh, 24 mils, Macca, and that then over May and June is around about um, the old 200 mils, so the old eight. So the southwest Victoria, Macca, is, is getting quite wet. 
but it's transformed from a sort of a sheep and cattle uh, type farming operation now to to cropping and of course that means uh, raised bed cropping and drainage systems etc so but I think even in the Mallee and just you know we've got family up there as well and my wife came from the Mallee and they've had 10 mils overnight in Sea Lake and the Indale area so that would have been they desperately needed rain up there as mm. you've said how many places in Australia actually need rain but it, there are places in Australia that are very wet maker. Well that's, well that's great so Fitzy you're still coaching what are you coaching now? I've got a competition, Macker. It's called, we call it an under 22 competition for the AFL in Victoria. And what we're doing is that we're seeing that more and more of the, um, of the, the national competitions in all codes are, are looking for the later developing player, Macker. Mm. So the, um, a player who develops between sort of that 18th to 22nd or third year of their life. And, uh, we're providing uh, an opportunity for that player to still get to the top. Mm. Um, well, I think that's a great idea because mm. I see, you know, how kids in, and certainly in rugby league and in, in Aussie Reels, they're, they're identified in year seven or year mm. six or whatever. <laughs> but, but I always think there's, there's late developers that, that, yes. that um, you know, just tag along and then all of a sudden when they get to 21 or 22 or 23, yeah. they, they're, they're ready to go. Yeah, they're ready to go and play the top grade. That's right, yeah. And, and also, Macker, at around about 17 or 18 years of age, there's a lot on in, in a young man's life. It's the completion of school and perhaps getting their car and other interests in their life. And, and they may be even doing an apprenticeship and they just haven't got the time or not uh, not able to fulfil the obligations of the commitment at that age. But as you rightly said, they begin to mature and change in direction. And uh, and there's lots of players playing in the AFL at all, at all of the clubs who have arrived at their club you know, beyond their 20th year, and I think that's a really good sign. The other thing, Macca, was I was, well, you'd, you'd love it, I was at a fantastic function on Friday. I mm. taught at Mortlake High School as it was then. Mortlake High School would have started in the late 60s, Macca, you know, when the height of the soldier settlement and when yep. those country towns were large numbers of people around them, mm. and it became Mortlake High School, became Mortlake Secondary, and then amalgamated with the primary school and became Mortlake P12. We honoured a legend of the school, Macca. He'd had 44 years teaching at the school. And when you think of the importance of education within the community, particularly rural communities, this fellow was outstanding. It was his third year of teaching. He was at Hawksdale, just north of Warrnambool, in his very early years. And then from the, uh, the 44 years, so his third year of teaching, he then arrived at Mordlake and then went through all of the responsibilities and roles at that particular school to then finish a fantastic uh, tenure as principal of the school. And the school and the community duly acknowledged his contribution on Friday at a special assembly at the school. And in my coaching days, Macro I used to do lots of you know awards and speak at assemblies, etc., at schools. And you'd look at the schools, particularly the private schools, and look at how well they acknowledge their history and those who have made significant contribution. But I was wrapped that this little small rural public school uh, saw fit to honour Goodo. It, yeah, Goodo and, and call and call a, a building at the school the Graham Goods Centre. And I thought it was a lovely gesture, Macca, and well deserved. And that's his name, Graham Goods. Yeah. That's, yeah, uh, Graham Good. Well, he's a ripper. Uh, well, exactly. Um, Fitzy, on the next cold day, I'll come down and see you at Darren Allen. It'd be lovely to have you here, Macca. Good on Gra- you. Keep up your own good work, Macca, and Gra- your own longevity. We appreciate it. Great to talk to you, mate. Good, good, good on you. Bye. You've been
been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.